Welcome to all our dads out there and moms who are listening to episode 106 of the Fade You podcast. Today is Thursday, December 9th, 2021. Follow us on Twitter at Fade You Sports. Subscribe to the pod. We do two shows a week. Sometimes we do some Twitter spaces. That's always a good time. My name is Matthew James. I have two dads here with me tonight. A little shorthanded. Life coming at the dads fast these days. Uh, Chris Duke. Uh, I understand you're on the phone with a customer. Tell your customer to just check the Twitter for Den's place. It doesn't need to contact you directly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, if you need any help with your windows or fading Den, please check fade you while I do this. <laughs> there it is. And uh, Neil, you got to crack beer. You got to tell us how Hawaii was. Oh man. <clears throat> it was so much fun, even though we had, you know, I had the two kids with us, uh, spent a week in Honolulu uh, at the Disney Resort out there um, called Alani, and it was great. The, the luau's had amazing weather outside of the last day. Um, don't know if you guys saw a massive storm rip through like Maui and Molokai. Um, we dodged most of it until the very last day, had some gnarly weather, had a few plans canceled on the last day um still just made it out to the beach still i mean even though it's pouring rain it's still 75 degrees and humid like you still feel um still feels great outside so just the beach in the pouring rain on the last day flight was fine the the following but man had a lot had a lot of good hawaiian beer um a lot of good food just nice and relaxing had a my sunday was off so i told the wife when she booked the trip in december she wanted to book in December. I was like, dad's taking his Sunday. I'll give you every other day. I'll even miss conference championship games and just check them on my phone. But daddy's taking Sunday um, for the boys. So went out, went to, went into Honolulu. So there was a really, I forget the name of it, but there was a cool little football bar that opened up. Cause I mean, games start at 8 AM, you know, Honolulu time. So had a nice little breakfast, uh, had a little bloody Mary, watched a, watched some football. Um, and had, had a nice daddy day for Sunday. That's beautiful. I, that must be kind of weird to have shit come on at 8 a.m. It is like it's sort of weird. You know, we're always, we're West Coast guys, so it's you know already early. You know, even at 10 o'clock. But uh, yeah, I mean, college fo- college football conference championship game. Even though we had plans on Saturday, like I still caught half of the Oklahoma State game because it's 7 a.m. kickoff. You know, wow. on a nine on a 9 a.m. game. You know, so um yeah it's a little little odd being you know so far so far away from home and having the time change but uh we we made daddy made it work there you go uh catch neil on twitter at big nelly buckets check chris duke on twitter post some poopy plays he likes to just dive into the worst of the worst and play the scum at hazmat suit 23 i'm at matthew james 78 uh we're shorthanded kmart is um Got the baby on the way, so he's doing uh, future dad duties. Joe is in Pinehurst, North Carolina, getting blacked right now. Uh, Chris, how jealous are you of this golf trip for our dad? Oh, man, I'd love to be there. I'd love to play that, you know, two, three, four courses out there, however many they're going to play. And uh, 
to be great and get, get on the East Coast and get ragged. Problem oh. is, they got to wait till noon on Sunday. I mean, one o'clock. Like the the antithesis, the opposite of a yeah. an early morning Hawaii start. Did you just reach back into your CSET studying days and pull out the <laughs> word antithesis? <laughs> a little bit, Matthew. Only you would know, you little. I would know. God teacher, you. In another life, you might be teaching AP Lang with me, but uh, that's impressive, there, Dad. Nice work. That's so, definitely a private school word. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a schools right there. <laughs> there it is. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. So we fade Den here on this show. And uh, right before we hit record for this here podcast, Den weighed in on Thursday night football. So Chris, of course, he's on the home fave. That's that's no surprise. But what is he doing on this first half team total only for the, the favorite that he's already on? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird because Vegas is kind of telling us that they think it's going to be a slow start by making the first half team total only 12 and a half or 13. Uh, but he obviously thinks that maybe the Vikings come out roaring and score 14 or 17 on the Steeler defense. So we'll see. We'll see if the Steeler D can play well like they did last week against the Ravens, or we'll see if they'll be scum like they were against the Bengals two weeks ago. A lot of injuries going on in this game. Obviously, Adam Thielen is going to miss the game for Minnesota. Dalvin Cook is going to play with a shoulder brace. That sounds painful. Good luck with that. We'll see how he makes it through. Um, wanted to talk on uh, touch on Den's first quarters for a second. And Chris, uh, people will probably ask how we play these when we have to lay juice on a first quarter because the spread full game is so low. The first quarter spread is half a point. So you have two options here. If you're fading Den, you can take Pittsburgh in the first quarter for around minus 130, minus 135, lay the juice, but get the half point so that if it's tied after the first quarter, you win the bet. Or you can say fuck the juice and you can take Steelers on the first quarter money line at some nice plus money. Now, the way we track it is... If we have to lay over 150 juice, we play one unit. All right. So that's that's how we track it on the spreadsheet. But what's what side is the what's the better way to go in the long run? I mean, obviously you don't want to get in the habit of laying 130 juice, but you also want to win your bet. So what do you do? Yeah, it's kind of uh, I'd say it's getting a little greedy if you just go ahead and money align it uh it's kind of like oh i think this hockey team is going to be competitive but i don't want to lay the minus 140 on the puck line i'm just going to money line them next thing you know they lose by one and you could have just been conservative and laid a little bit and lowered your unit so that's what i do for a hundred dollar better i'd say instead of risking the 130 to 100 and then taking the first half um you know and risking the same as your 110 i'd say lower it to like 80 or 90 risk your juice down to like that 115 uh, range and uh, yeah, you'll win a little less, but in the long run, you'll also avoid, you'll minimize the, the losses. Where do you come in on that one, Neil? It's a similar argument to buying points, right? Where if you're consistently buying points and laying minus 120, if you 
do that 10 times, but lose nine. Now you're paying an extra 90 cents of juice and your break even percentages or your profit percentage is different now. Where do you come in on that one? I think it would, it would, and we've touched on this sort of concept a little bit in the past, Matt, on some pods. Um, it depends on what sport we're doing this to, right? And this is a very NFL, um, I think what, what Chris sort of tied into, this is an NFL type uh, concept where you can look where sort of a half a point, you know, can mean a little more obviously than a half point does in NCAA football or, you know, basketball or anything like that, where, you know, when you have that really, you know, in college football, where you have that massive sort of, you know, variance and variability um, to, you know, that's why we said it before, if anyone tells you to do an NCAA football teaser, um, you should just turn it off, you know, turn off. If you're listening to them, turn it off. If you're reading an article, hit the X in the upper right-hand corner. Um, there's no need to do that. Um, so I, I'm fine with it in football. I, and I, I've been one, Kyle and I kind of have the same uh, thought process and we don't mind laying juice. If it means getting a better number, you saw it a lot, a lot of my um, NFL football, like win totals, you know, I will move up and, you know, with the greatest, the best examples, you know, we have Joe has Philadelphia under six and a half. I think it was minus 110. I paid minus 145 to get Philadelphia under seven. So it's just your betting style. I think I'm not going to sit here and say that what the math says, but I'm more comfortable and I would, I would much rather have a push, you know, right. And I would, I'll lay the, I'll lay heavier juice, um, that I think more than, you know, more than most people that are comfortable with. And it's just a sort of a, a psychological thing, I think, more than anything, whether than, you know, does the math really equate. But again, it, this is an NFL concept, I think. I mean, it, it comes into play in the NFL and football when you're on key numbers, too. Like Dennis's first right. half team total for Minnesota is 12 and a half. Like, is 13 a key number for the first half? Uh, yeah, I think it is. So that's one too, where some like your book might have 12 and a half even money or 13 at minus 120. You've got to make a decision. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. Uh, so shop around and then, like Neil said, go go with whatever your style is. I think you can't go wrong there. I would so, say, Matt, it's kind of it's kind of, it's kind of like a, a having a 12 in blackjack. Yeah. Right. It's whatever your style is, I would say just play it right if you hit on 12 on blackjack hit on 12 every single time um i you know if you don't don't pick and choose when you're going to lay juice when you're not like just it's a it's a style thing and i think if you just over the long run it'll come out closer than you think rather than picking and choosing spots i think that's a pretty good correlation no that's a good analogy and the difference between our show and a lot of those professional pods you're going to listen we're not pro betters we're not going to tell you what professionals do and, and Neil, like Neil talked about, we're not going to sit here and, and explain the math and the calculations to you. Like that's, that's another show uh, that has a different audience than we do. So uh, it, I think it's a good conversation. It's a good discussion and, and we'll see what happens tonight. So let's talk some other games on the week 14 slate. Uh, Neil on the flight back. Did you get to look at this slate a little bit? Find anything to, you like? Yeah, I got to look at it. it it's for me, it was, it was a bit slim pickings. Um, this week there wasn't the whole, there wasn't a ton out there that I, that I loved. Um, I, I will say the one that I thought was going to be most interesting. And I know Kyle, you guys alluded to it on the Tuesday pod 
which was this this Niners Bengals game. Um, I really like the Bengals here. I think it's uh, you know it's not a great spot for San Francisco traveling back east. Um, I was surprised that the that the line movement ha- has done what it's done, and that this was originally you know a, a Cincy I think was favored in this game. So you've had a favorite uh, flip. Uh, I know the whole thing with Burrow's finger. I I'm gonna obviously I'm not saying it's a play right now, but I I don't I think that's kind of been overblown from what it seems like. Um, the San Francisco offense is just a little tied where right now I think with with Debo not playing, he was their best offensive weapon, and I don't doesn't look like he's gonna go again. Um, this was a team that didn't wasn't able to do much against Seattle and that defense, and going into Cincinnati, I I think this is a good sort of buy low spot here on the Bengals. Um, and that that would be one of my one of my leans so far, but want to want a little more information about what's going on with with Burrow's finger um, before possibly firing that one. Yeah, finger gate. Uh, I the only way I can explain the line move is that there the market has some concerns about his throwing hand, right? Like that has to be what it is. Well, because uh, yeah, nothing else has changed, right? Nothing else has changed. Both teams lost. Both teams lost last week. Yeah, uh, it's got to be finger gate, right? Yeah, I know the Bengals have some defensive injuries too, but as you alluded to, the Niners are banged up, especially at running back. And with Debo Samuel, Chris, what do you think? I know you're looking at poop this week. Um, This is two teams off losses, and the Niners' loss arguably could have been worse if Gerald Everett wasn't point shaving. Um, Are you looking at this one at all, or are you you looking for something dirtier? (laughs) I love that you just said. Ever, seriously, it looked like fucking. He had to have been paid off or something. Huh? Here, the, I don't know the, what the fuck here, he's take doing. Take this catch. I don't want this. You take it. I don't like the goal. Having the ball in my hands at the goal line. Yeah, like I'll just fumble on the two. Yeah, yeah. He almost cost me my big balls play of the week. Oh fucking. yeah, Mister One K. Mister One K. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Freck, drunken Freck at the airport, and bets they they go okay sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't know. This is one where I just don't, I think we discussed it on last pod and I'm still you know, doing a lot of research and I feel like I still, this is just a stay, stay away from me unless my dad or Freck wants to play it. I don't see them wanting to. I think there's value elsewhere. Like you guys said, the whole Samuel thing, is he playing? Is he not? I guess Warner saying he's practicing. Okay. So they got a good defensive key piece back. Um, you know, the Burrow thing, is he going to be right? Is he not right? I know he played the rest of the game, but after he got hurt, they didn't score another point against the Chargers after scoring 22 straight. So I don't know. I just think it's more of a coin flip. I'd rather take some points and uh, have a team, you know, and, and then the, in the contest, it's minus one and a half. So it's not like you're getting any value. Not that we give a shit about CLV, toss it in the, the CLV trash bucket, but uh, there are sharp. There's very, uh, John Murray said there is sharp money on the Niners. Um, obviously moving that line. I just haven't had anyone besides Neil make a case for the Bengals this week. So, um, I like Neil's uh, little kind of fade the fade the line movement angle there. I do want to touch on CLV at the end of the show with the uh, Army Navy total, something I tweeted out earlier. So hoist yeah. my hoist my trophy a little bit later on. Yeah, that's a weird game. Um, we, Neil, we have to call that the Kmart Bowl because it's the Niners. And yeah. he loves Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I mean, half his fucking dynasty team is Niners and Burrow and Jamar Chase. 
So we'll just we'll call that the Kmart Bowl. I can't wait to see if he has either side in his contest. We're gonna have to tell him to tweet out what he thinks. I was really hoping he was gonna be here to try to figure out. I know on that one because he 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 sort of danced around it last on your guys's Tuesday pod. I wanted to kind of put him on the spot, but maybe that's like, fine. maybe there is no appointment. Maybe he's just dodging the question. It, that could be it. He's probably going back and forth on it like ten times throughout this week. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see. All right, we'll do a little more rapid fire on the other side of the break and get to some more of these games. We'll look at what smelly poop Chris Duke is reaching for, and uh, we'll dissect a little bit more of this on the other side. All right, Chris, Make which before you even give out any picks, which side is the most disgusting? Is it the Bears who have no chance in Lambeau Field? Is it the Chargers, or not the Chargers, is it the Giants playing the Chargers with God knows what quarterback? Is it the Lions after getting the win, getting double digits at Denver? Is it the Texans who look like the worst team in the NFL? What is the most disgusting play of the week? I think maybe the most disgusting play is might. I'm maybe not any of those ones you mentioned. I think wow. Jags might be oh. one of the most disgusting because we saw it up at 10 or 11. And now I don't know. I think Murray said a couple of sharps hit it. It's only eight and a half in the contest. I mean, who's pulling their, their nuts out for eight and a half. Every teaser will have tease it down to minus two and a half uh, free money. The Titans off a of buy coming home. Jags just got jacked up on the one o'clock spot everybody watching it and uh they're dead they're two and eight so or two and ten whatever the fuck they are so all right chris uh, explain this explain the line move circa opened this at 11 it goes to ten and a half almost right away and then 10 and then the next day nine and a half and then the next day eight and a half Sharks love poop, dude. What is, (laughs) but what, like, what's the case for the Jaguars who just look, I mean, I saw somebody called Urban Meyer today, dazed and confused. Like he, (laughs) he has, he's clueless. Like the guy is sitting there and just, they like someone else on another pod was saying when they get down big, they're not even fun. They're just handing the ball off and throwing check downs and taking sacks. And they don't even try to just say, fuck it and throw it downfield. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I All I can think of is that people are still saying that the, this Titan team is overvalued after that big run, they five, six wins they had. Now they're getting beat. Um, their defense isn't right. Maybe they're still nicked up. Obviously, no uh, Henry. And it's a division game. And we all know that uh, typically, um, you know, teams in the division, whether they're scum or not, you know, we've seen scummy giants be scrappy against uh, the top of their division. We've seen Obviously, we saw the Lions get their first win in a division game as over touchdown dogs last week. So typically, I think people value that more and uh, they're going to be inclined to take the double digits on the road. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right about the teasers. People are going to see that at eight and a half. Like, oh, man, I'll just I, every show I listen to tells me I need to tease through key numbers. So I'll go down through seven and down through three. And of course, the Titans will win. So um, not so fast. I don't know. And one thing, one thing I'll touch to, to touch on that game. And I, you know, we forget the Titans last two losses, back-to-back losses heading into the bye was 
Remember, they lost by nine points to the Texans, that team that Matthew James said might be the worst team in football <laughs> history. And I, I don't think you're wrong, Matt. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. And then they got obliterated at the Patriots, right? So you have two back-to-back games. The bye probably couldn't have come in, you know, at a better time for them to try and maybe get a little bit healthy and try and figure out what life's like after Derrick Henry. But this is, you know, a team in Tennessee that's not looking particularly, you know, well so you you sort of have two scum coming into this game um but i yeah i i'm with chris on this one i think a little bit that if i had to play it it, it would be jacksonville over a touchdown i want to throw out another one that we sort of touched on earlier and it's the afc north battle between baltimore and cleveland up there on lake erie now chris the line here is two and a half Browns, two and a half, despite a look ahead line last week of Baltimore minus one. And then this one actually opened at one and a half goes to two, two and a half back to two, back to two and a half kind of bouncing around there, but then they made it three in the circuit contest. And you think that they're begging you to take the points with Baltimore. Give me the field goal. I'll take it. Um, What's going on with this one? Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, you know, a team that just won, um, you know, in prime time a couple of weeks ago, and then now they're coming, playing the Browns off the bye, and they're saying, okay, well, now the team that was getting three points and lost couldn't cover, now they're all of a sudden flipping to a three point. So it's interesting. Um, um, I don't know what to believe. People are saying Baker's getting a little bit more healthy. And obviously we've heard the, the narrative of how banged up the Ravens are. Oh, they don't have any more corners. They are the most injured team. Obviously they have the most people on the IR this year. So, uh, but it's tough. I'm torn because I'm a type of guy that likes to short road dogs, but especially a division dog. Right. But if the Browns are a contrarian play, I always favor the, uh, uh, like I said, I hate riding trendy dogs. So, but I don't know how, uh, trendy the Ravens are I've heard a few people have kind of split on this I've heard people make the case for the Browns and the Ravens so it honestly looks uh it looks very split to me very 50 50 um and then you you did mention a lot of noise surrounding Baltimore the other one Neil is that this offense is just kind of broken right now that they're not scoring a lot of points Lamar's taking a ton of sacks he's throwing interceptions he's turning it over they can't run the ball so there's a lot of anti Baltimore noise out there, but there's also a lot of anti Cleveland noise out there too, that Baker's hurt. Baker can't play. They can't make any plays. I don't know what to do with this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think this is another matchup where you have two teams that are just kind of, you know, fumbling their way through the season right now. I mean, I think you, you look at this. I I think that it is sort of a bait saying, Oh, take the rate, take the eight and four team getting three points versus the six and six team that sort of can't get out of their own way. Um, it, you know, Cleveland comes off a bye, but I think more importantly, and I, I, I don't know whether I like, you know, technically Stefanski as a coach, but you would think it, what's funny is so Cleveland ends has a game against Detroit on 11, 21 of November. They play at Baltimore. So they had a week to prepare against Baltimore. Then they had their bye, and now they play Baltimore again. So you've had three weeks, right, where all you had to do was just focus yourself on one team. 
And how are you going to stop one team? And it's good because it's, you know, it's sort of a tricky team with Lamar. So I think there's got to be some value in taking Cleveland in this spot, saying that we see we just saw him. Well, they, we only gave up 16 points to begin with. So it's not like they got blown out. The, the defense played really well. And you could accredit it to defense playing well. You can credit it to the, you know, Baltimore's offense stumbling. You know, but you really got to fix the fact that you only scored 10 points. But, again, the week off, I think, helps Cleveland a lot in that. I think both running backs are expected to play. I think they played in their last game, that game against Baltimore. Um, called them a little banged up, but then they got the bye. So I, I – would lean Browns in this situation. Um, but I, I don't know that it's making, it doesn't surprise me that it's split 50, 50. Maybe that's the reason for the line move is that it is such a rare situational spot where you're playing the same team, two straight games with a buy in between time to prepare. I could see some sharper groups putting a lot into that. Uh, what else, Chris, you want to do, you want to do Monday night football. You want to do Cowboys, Washington, where do you want to go next? Yeah, I don't have a uh, – I mean, I'm going to probably – I lean towards the Rams. Again, small um, small road dog. I think everyone's thinking the cards are just going to run away, and I think uh, McVay figures out something. Uh, and Rams, yeah, are, I, Rams are soft, Dad. Mm-hmm. Charmin, I know, Ultra. We love them. We love them as dogs. You know, they, they were favorites against the Titans. They got beat. Um, they were favorites against uh, who else? I think those games they won were they all were they favorites every time? Yeah, they were favorites against the. They got bitched by the Cardinals earlier this year. They were favorites at home, so yep. we liked them in the dog role. Uh, and of course, they lost to the. I don't know why they were favored in Lambo, but they were fit, closed favorites there and lost. So, uh, and I'm gonna have to be on the Bears. Uh, hold your nose for this one. <laughs> oh boy, uh, I think I just have to because. I just simply a line. Like, I just don't see why they were the Packers were minus five. I think last four and a half or five last time they played, they won by, I think 10 ish. And now all of a sudden they're laying the 12. I think, uh, I just think the bears come out and want to want to knock them off. But, uh, I know this is disgusting and I could see them losing by 21, but I'm going to, that's what I do. I take what nobody else wants. And I think I heard something about 80% of the bets and 90 something percent of the money. So nobody wants this bears team. No, like we say, Matt, give me your tired. You're weary. I mean, God, Neil, if it was a different coach, I could maybe get there, but I, I just don't see Matt Nagy rallying the troops. I mean, this, that was the game. Chris alluded to was the Aaron Rodgers I own you game. God. And that's where I was sort of going to, and that's where I was sort of going to go with this uh, to Chris, you know, and to Chris's point. And that that's what this is, right? This is the Aaron Rodgers saying, I own you Chicago in a divisional game. Does that play into Chicago saying, Oh hell no. But the problem is, is that he really does. <laughs> and, can. and so if he's like, you're saying, so if you're talking about like, you know, having sort of that motivation to saying what side's going to win. Like this is absolutely an Aaron Rodgers. If he wants to go out and own Chicago, he can go out and own Chicago and they can win this game by four touchdowns. Um, I think I like, I mean, with the, if this was Dalton, I'd say it's green. I'd say green Bay. I think if being that it's going to be fields, I, 
would under normal circumstances had that whole I own you thing not happen. I this is a Chicago play all day. I get a little worried that there's like some extra, you know, umph and motivation from Aaron Rodgers side, you know, that he put it out there. He's got to go out and back it up. And certainly like this isn't a team that you want to fade if, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is overly motivated, he could score potentially on every single drive that he wants to. I think I read this week that they asked him if he regretted saying it and he said no. <laughs> why would you? When you do, when it's true, right? When something's true, why do you regret saying anything that's true? So, yeah, no regrets saying I own you to Bears fan. Just wow. Now, here's one thing time, on this. By the time that switches and like Chicago becomes Green Bay, you know, Chicago starts to dominate Green Bay, he'll be long retired and oh yeah, post yeah. Jeopardy again. So he won't be part of that Green Bay team anyways. One thing that could give Bears, because we're going to be on the Bears for Dennis is going to be on Packers first quarter, first half full, right, Chris? I mean, that's that's just a given. It's Sunday night, prime time. And he has to be, right? Yeah. Um I look at this for, for fantasy from time to time because in fantasy, you want points. So you want teams that are going to maximize their number of possessions in a game. And if you look at uh, – this is from Football Outsiders. This is um, the pace that teams play at, especially in, in neutral game script. Are they running hurry up? Are they trying to have multiple possessions in a quarter? Or are they methodical, slow, letting the quarterback read the defense, letting the play clock wind down? Green Bay is actually in in neutral game situations 27 in pace. So if you're saying, okay, how can the Bears cover nearly two touchdowns? Perhaps Green Bay doesn't have as many possessions in the game as you might think. And all they need to do is get held in the red zone a couple of times. And maybe there's a way for this game to end 21-13 and Chicago can cover. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, I heard something like, today that the bears have only lost by 12 or more a few times this year. And the Packers have only won by 12 or 13 or more three times. So out of their, their 10 and two and, or whatever it is, 11 and three, whatever, there's been a lot of games. They haven't been winning by, you know, these blowout margins. They, they usually win by seven to 10. So I'll just favor the inflate. I mean, at this point when they're so good against the spread, it's going to get inflated. There's a, there's a buy point. So yeah, for sure. All right, rapid fire. Any other ones that anybody is dying to put their name on right now? Not overly so. I do think, and we you mentioned it real quick, Matt. I I'm leaning WFT at home against Dallas, um, just because again we've touched on it. Divisional game. Washington's off of I think it was three. Is it three straight wins over? Really, I think it's four. Is four four wins. Four is a dog. Um, they're not getting enough love yet. I think you're, again, divisional game. The home team's catching four points. Um, I know that, you know, Dallas is, should have, I think, both C.D. Lamb and Cooper are, are due to be back. But for me, I think this is a big game for, for Washington. I think they cover four points. At least that's my, my other strong lean at this point of what, and probably will make my card. Chris, anything else you're dying to get out? No, I'm, I'm still talking with uh, my couple people. Um, I'm, I'm stoked that, you know, I was about five, six games under 500 for the contest, and now we've 
broke broke off a nice stretch here 14 and 6 run we're 34 and 31 now so we're kind of catching our stride hopefully we can keep it going i'm i'm gonna push strongly for the uh the bills love that they looked shitty on monday night and the bucks are rolling i could see them being up maybe worst case scenario 24 20 and maybe brady goes and gets a touchdown they win by three the contest i think is three and a half so with the hook yeah maybe uh bills can keep it close all right last thing for this one uh, army navy on saturday we talked about it earlier in the week on our other pod uh, it's opened at 36 and a half. It's down to 34 and a half. I know is, I think it's 15 years in a row. It's gone under. Yeah. The, I mean, the only problem with that is that most of those years, Chris Duke, it's been in like the forties. And so they have said, okay, fine. All of you guys who think you found free money, we're going to jack it down to 36 and a half. And now it's 34 and a half. Does it still go under? Chris, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it does, but it was interesting. Um, you know, Doug Kazarian and John Murray on their little daily wager pod on Thursday, he asked about Doug asked John about it and he said nothing huge on the sides, but he said he, they did get a lot of, uh, I don't know if it was sharp money. I don't know if he used the word sharp, but he said they've gotten a lot of money on the over. So I don't know if that's um, people saying that, you know, this is, this is the time, this is the year, this is the buy low point. It's been 40 in years past. So 34 is too low, but, uh, it's interesting. I, I thought he'd say they've gotten a lot of money on the under because everyone sees how it goes under every year. Watch it go like 28, seven. So that <laughs> right. people who bet it early win. And then people who bet it they they get under middled. 34 and a half. Good. The <laughs> books deserve to get middled every once in a while. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. All I know is I have 36 and a half. So I, I tweeted this out earlier. I'm going to, I'm going to wake up Saturday morning. I'm going to snuggle up with my CLV trophy and uh, hope for the best and hope for six, three halftime. Wow. Dad didn't buy the half. All right. I'm going to pray. There's it's not going to land 30. I probably seven. did. I think, <laughs> let me see what I have. Do it. I've got to have 37. Let's <laughs> oh, see. And Matt, so I'll, I'll jump in with my with my contradictory DGen play. So I just said, don't tease college football. Oh, no. Part of me, because I wasn't going to about to take an under 34 and a half. I did tease just because I want a DGen play. This is a very small bet, like the book's men that I can play with. I did do a teaser in this game just because I want to have some action on it. So I teased Army down to minus one and an under 40 and a half. Ooh, okay. Complete degenerate play, but it's Army. Again, the eight and I think what's Army? Eight and three and Navy's. Yeah. Chris said the other day, Navy scum. Yeah. Four and eight. Like I, you know, to me that I just to have something on it. So I've got, I did a tease and Army minus the one and under 40 and a half. Yeah. All right. We'll see. 15 15 years in a row. That's a lot. That's a lot of unders in a row. And, and I guess if you're ever going to tease, what that might be the, the situation, the right time to do it. So uh, good luck with that. All right. That's our show. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about what happened in NFL week 14. We'll hear from Joe about Pinehurst and, uh, and that'll be great. So Chris, just remind everybody, there's a lot of poop out there. What happens sometimes <laughs> if you bet on poop? You step in it and you just don't know how big of a, you know, a poop pile it is, but we'll, we'll clean it off and it'll smell like roses, right? Consiglier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah. Nah.
love you.